This is the Caniac Report. I am Sam Wallace. And I'm Sam Driscoll. And you know what? What? It's been a total team effort all week. Yes, it has. If you like this episode, please share and leave a review and hit that subscribe button so you will never miss another episode. And hey, please share it too. Now let's start with that uh, Pittsburgh game at the beginning of the week. And this was the start of a Pennsylvania trip. Starting Pittsburgh, then we go to Philadelphia. Um... That Pittsburgh game, it was mostly pretty good. Um, Cockneyami scored. He's been really good lately in the first period. What would you think of that first goal for the Canes? I, mean, I thought it was good to see Cockneyami once again get back on the board. I mean, he's just been he's been really good. It took him a little while to kind of mold with the team, but Cockneyami has has shown how really good he is and. Um, I've been impressed uh, with Kotkin Um Every game, he just kind of steps up into those, you know, big roles when needed. Um, he did it during COVID when we had that outbreak. I mean, he can play. I think he, I think he was a steal from Montreal, and I think he proves it every game, and he proved it in Pittsburgh. Yes, and that first period was pretty much Kane's dominant. It was really good, and then we get to the second period. And what's funny is that when we scored two nothing, I mean that was a that was nine seconds into the second period, so that was a very quick goal, which becomes a kind of a bit of a theme here in this game with quick goals just to starting out the period. And what's funny is that it goes off of Jordan Stahl's skate, which is really comical. I mean Jordan Stahl's been. Uh kind of had the offensive touch recently um just mean just speaking of stall uh he said tonight um when asked on scoring three in the last seven games he said i'm just getting warmed up and i mean you know that's how stall is though i mean once he gets going he gets going and jordan stall's going right now and i definitely want to see him keep going i mean for this team to be that cup contender you need martin natchez to score goals you need Jeff Seth Jarvis to score goals, and you need Jordan Stahl to show up on the score sheet regularly, not all the time, but often enough where it's a benefit. And Jordan Stahl has done that recently. Because he's been working for those chances, and he's getting those chances. And when you keep getting those, you will eventually find it. Now, unfortunately, uh, Pittsburgh kind of got to their game a little bit with uh the Brian Ruskell and the Sydney and Sidney Crosby eventually tying it. I did not think that was a great goal Rantog gave up on that Crosby. Goal. Yeah, it's obviously disappointing when that happens, but I mean, you know, it's Sidney Crosby too, so he's gonna make things happen out of nothing and he's gonna make he's always gonna look good. Sidney Crosby's probably one of the best, if not the best of his generation. Um and Pittsburgh's a good team. I mean, they're a very good team, and so is um, Sidney Crosby, and he's why they're a good team. Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, I mean, they're outstanding at Chris Letang. Tristan Jari's been playing outstanding. You just, you, when you get someone like Crosby, you know, they're going to score. I mean, you know, it's Crosby. I thought Ronta actually played a pretty solid game. And we didn't expect Ronta to start this game. We thought he might go in the Philly game and have Anderson start Pittsburgh, but that was a good, bold move. I think it was a good move. I think it gave Ronta some some uh, uh, confidence that he may have been lacking just for, you know, the not many starts. It showed that the team trusted him because that was a game where at the time we were tied. It was it was a battle for an outright control of the division, and they trusted Ronta with that game. And and Auntie Ronta played really well, and uh, he helped with the win. I mean, the team played very good in front of him, which they have. You know, that's our motto. You know, that's our mantra. We're very defensive forward um, team. Um, and it was good to see. I, I enjoyed that game. It was a fun game to watch. Yeah. And uh, in the 
third period, we finally got back to our game a little bit more with uh, Jesper Foss scoring and just that whole line, Foss, Niederreiter, Stahl, highlight of this week. Yeah, uh, we'll get to the other games, but they that line, just amazing. I mean, I think in general, when you look at that line, they've probably been our best line the last few weeks. They've been playing amazing. When you see Rod kind of tinker with the lines, he hasn't touched that one in a long time. It's been playing well. I mean, it's getting points. I mean, Stahl, Stahl's getting points. Nina Ryder's getting points. Um, Fost is getting points. And I mean, it's a good line. You have the tight checker and Stahl. He's going to get in there and create chances. You have a quick player like Fost who can help set you up. And then you got the finisher and Nina Ryder. I mean, it's a perfect line. They've really been playing like our first line. And I mean, I think it just shows the depth of this organization on the offensive side of things, um, which is why when it's a tough line. Yeah, it's probably one of the toughest lines to play against. And you saw in the Pittsburgh game as an example, they tried to get um, Stahl away from Malkin because Stahl was outplaying Malkin. So they had to move it. And when that happened, Pittsburgh played better. But. It shows that like Jordan Stahl can compete with players like Malkin and shut them down, and he did, and he and he played really well against um against Malkin and against the Penguins. Yes, and this is not to discredit our top line, which Brindamore eventually made Svech be on the top line with Aho and Turbo, but that power play goal was really good. That's one of Aho's. Uh, spots right there on the power plays in that middle lane, and he scores to give this team a 4-2 to lead. And Pittsburgh eventually gets close with the Evan Rodriguez goal. I think that uh, that goal kind of gave us flashbacks of that empty net in the trying empty net how do you describe it? Like just the emptiness of playing with an empty net. <laughs> yeah, it seemed like I think it got in the team's head, but I think it they did. were able to nick, nip it in the bud. I mean, this team's good. They're going to have stretches, and they did. I mean, the former week. I mean, it, it it remind me of the Hurricanes of old when they would, you know, they would move to that position to find ways to, you know, to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. But you know, like I said, then too, this team is very good. They're extremely good. And they're going to course correct, and they have. I don't think it's really an issue anymore. I think you're going to see Carolina. I mean, got in their head a little bit, figured it out. They won the games. So I think it's good to to keep moving forward. Carolina's going to do that. They're good. Um, and I also want to say, too, because it's, it's been reverberated in the hockey world, and I meant to mention this earlier, you know, all obviously our thoughts and prayers are with the people in, in Ukraine. You know, it's affected hockey. If anyone listens to 32 Thoughts, uh, with Elliot Friedman, you know, they kind of talked about it at the beginning. There's a lot of players um, that play over there, and, you know, and uh, Ovechkin made some comments today that were good to see. But, um, yeah, our thoughts and prayers are with the folks over in Ukraine uh, dealing with what they have to right now, and we certainly hope for the best for them and for them to stay safe, um, and hopefully things will get back to normal over there for them. Yes, our thoughts and prayers are with those people in Ukraine. Now, let's get back to what we're good with, and that is hockey. Um, the Philadelphia game. I did not see much of this because it started <laughs> at a very odd time, and I was working, unfortunately. I guess that's one of the benefits. Uh, when, I, when you work at a bank like I do, I was able to sit home, relax, and, and catch, a, catch a really, really good game, tight game against the Flyers. Um it was a tight game. I think there's some thoughts that it may not. Maybe it shouldn't have been as close as it was. But I mean, back to back nights, you're going to have a tough game, and you're going to have to find your legs. And I think Carolina did. They, I believe it was like wasn't it like the um, third game in four nights. So yeah, I could see Carolina being gas. I kept with kept it up, obviously at work because we were slow during that time. Thankfully. <laughs> um, but um, explain to us that first period, because I noticed that we didn't even get, like, a shot on goal in that first. Yeah, that was one of the games that I was I, I was live-tweeting that game, just kind of talking about it. Um, but I honestly thought, you know, I saw some people, they weren't thrilled about the shots on goal, but I think if you watch the play, Carolina played well, 
Yes, they didn't have the shots on goal, but it's not like they weren't getting potential chances or skating well. I mean, Philadelphia had some shots, but I wouldn't call them grade-A chances. I mean, obviously, Freddie played very well that game, but um, I, I thought it was a I thought it was a good first period. I think Carolina had a lot to build on, and they did in the second period. That's good. And I did notice when I was tracking that game in the first period on the NHL website that a lot of the shots Philadelphia was taking weren't really high danger chances. So that to me felt I felt a little bit better. Um but then the second period came in with the goals. And once again that Jordan Stahl line proves to be right now I believe the best line with Nita Ryder scoring. Yeah, Nino scored um a great goal, which he does. He did that tonight um against the blue jackets and that was good to see but you know honestly at this point just how often he's scoring it's becoming like you're surprised if he doesn't score all right um exactly but um i think the only thing that was disappointing about it is it was such short-lived it wasn't a long lead i mean it was like i think i don't even know if it was if it was if minutes if not less than that after nina Ryder's goal philly ties it um, it was one. like around 30 seconds apart. Yeah, it was four. It was pretty close. Um, and so I heard that second, that game, well, not game tying, but it, Philadelphia tying the uh, game that the shot from well, Gary Mayhew, I believe, that scored for Philly was a bit of a lucky bounce, right? Yeah, it was, but, you know, you work for your chances, and that's really all you can say about that. I mean, Philadelphia has some good players. You know, they're at the bottom feeders right now, you know, and bottom of the league. Yeah. They still got good players. I mean, they have Claude Giroux. He's he's one of the best players in the league. It happens. I mean, when it comes to that Philadelphia team, uh, I do believe the power is their offense. Carter Hart has, yet, to me, yet to be proven, even though he did. I don't think he played that game. Um, no, I think he was out. I think it was, oh boy. I can't remember off the top of my head who their starting goalie was that game, but it's their offense. And my favorite player for them is Sean Couturier. Now he's been injured most of the season, but I mean, it just has not worked for them. But um, it was Martin Jones, so, and he has actually played pretty well against Carolina in his history. So he um, and he played well. I mean, I don't think goaltending was an issue that game. I thought both goalies played pretty pretty solid. Yes, and let's get to that Terravine and goal. Man, did Svech drive that play? Such a great power move and a great pass to Terravine, and who has been on a tear right now. Yeah, Teravine, I mean, he came back from injury, and he, he hasn't let up since then. It's really great to see him shoot the puck. It's great to see him you know, getting points. He's not afraid to shoot it anymore, which I think is important because Teravine has one of the best, if not the best shot on the team. He just doesn't utilize it enough, but I think he has recently, and that's why we're seeing such a good performance from, uh, from Teravine. Yes, and um, now. A scary thing happened, and, and I believe it was in the second period. Yeah. Now, Brendan Smith was already out in the Pittsburgh. We kind of forgot to touch on that due to a uh, blocked shot in the head, which apparently he had to go to the hospital for. Yeah, but fortunately, it does sound like Smith's going to be okay. They seem pretty hopeful on, on that um, diagnosis there. At least Rod did the other day, so I think that's good. But, and... But D'Angelo, he gets out. I heard he was holding his hand. What what was going on there in that um, so instance? What I've kind of followed since after the game, it was it's a mid body mid body injury, so it's obviously more serious than the team I think was hoping for. Um, during that game, I tweeted out uh, the team needs TDA. That's a lot of offense not to have on the ice, um, and that's yeah. true. And unfortunately, he didn't return that game. And it does sound like it's serious enough to keep him out. So that's not good. Um, it's going to suffer. The power play will probably suffer some. 
due to not having your your offensive, you know, your your power play quarterback D'Angelo, who seems to you know be that driving force on the power play, and honestly, the driving force for a lot of Carolina offense. He leads the team, I believe, in assists. Um, With thirty one assists, I believe, at the time of yeah, at the the time of the Philly game. And you want to see, um, you want to see him come back, but I think, uh, you get, like, like I said, he's out for a month. That's not good. It's a lot of offense to lose. Um, so that was a really disappointing thing in that game. Yeah, and we'll get to more on that later in the episode. And how that kind of affects the trade deadline. Um, yeah. and, but then we get into the third period. It looks like another wild game. Um, Patrick Brown, who was a former Hurricane, ties it up. Yeah, I noticed that. I was like, "Oh, that's a you know, that's a former Kane. He was the captain of the Checkers, I think, when they won the when they won the Calder Cup. So that was actually pretty cool." Um, but I just want to talk about a couple things as well. Um, you know, about that game too, just real quick. You know, I think we saw again kind of where the team might have some issues with Ethan Bear and a pretty huge turnover and Anderson bailed him out. I mean, that's just Freddie for you, right? I mean, he's, he's, if you've got a guys like me, you know, bear who just doesn't has, doesn't bring his a game every game. It's nice to know you got Freddie who can bail him out. Um, and I think it's important to know. I mean, I don't think bear had a very good game against Philly where I do think he had a good game tonight against Columbus. Oh, he did. But that's kind of shows the inconsistency where, you know, like you have Brendan Smith who plays pretty consistent and hopefully we get him back soon. It does sound like that's going to happen. But then you have uh, Ethan Bear, who's just so inconsistent, which is why he's in and out of the lineup. Um, So, you know, like we've said before, like I've said before, and and I still believe it, I I don't think Ethan Bear will be on the team at the deadline at the latest i don't think we sign him again i think we do trade him by the end of the season but we'll see what happens yeah we'll see but i think freddie pretty honestly had some pretty huge saves in that flyers game i mean he had one shorthanded you know <laughs> when they shouldn't really be getting a chance but you know freddie freddie uh, stopped it freddie bailed him out i mean i see a lot of uh had a several tweets that game just talking about how great frederick anderson is and i mean he's seriously frederick anderson is just the number one star of this team I mean, he's one of the number one stars of this team. He's huge. He's MVP. Plays well every game. This team has desperately needed a number one goaltender for years since Cam Ward. After and you know, honestly, Cam Ward's last few he was just burnt out because he played so much. But even after we had Morazic, we had McElhaney, good one A, one B. They kind of split the, the starts. You had Morazic and Reimer and Nedeljkovic, who also all split the starts. But now we have a true number one. We have a true number one goaltender in um and Frederick Anderson. And that is so good to have you got your guy. Got your guy you can trust. You got a good backup in Auntie Ronta. And I've seen some folks think he's not <laughs> not a good backup. I mean, I don't know what you're watching. I mean, let's be honest. You know, you're gonna get upset because he lets in a few goals. No team's gonna win every game. No goal is yeah. gonna play his best every game. But Anderson and Ronta have proven they're solid goaltenders. They- you have no proof to why Antti Ranta cannot handle some starts. Pittsburgh game, he played fantastic. Yes, he let in a bad goal. Every goal he lets in a bad goal. Ask Henrik Lundqvist and Marty Brodeur. They've all let in bad goals. You want to talk about a goal that Brodeur probably should have had? Just looking uh, when the Carolina Hurricanes are in the playoffs. Knocked him out. Last few seconds. Right? Should have probably stopped that. Same with, what was his name? Patrick Rall of uh, Colorado. who was... He got blasted one game. Nine goals allowed on him. Yeah, I mean, come yeah. on, you know, yeah, just stop with the whole, you know, Auntie Ranta can't can't do it, and that's not true. Auntie Ranta's played. Fantastic. He did, he did have a bit of a shaky start. That's um, like Frederick Anderson, you, though. I mean, he had a pretty rough first game, but yeah. sometimes it takes a little while to mole. Both goalies are coming off and an K- injury. Yeah, I, I like that you say that because KK had that long start to get into it, but he eventually got into it. Yeah, and I mean, I mean. <laughs> Auntie Ranta is going to be good. I have no concerns with Anderson and Ranta down the stretch. They're both solid goaltenders. They have both been pretty, for the most part, healthy this this season. Um, I think there's trust in Auntie Ranta. You saw that because he started the game against Pittsburgh. So let's let's yeah, let's let's just be honest. Our goaltending tandem is probably one of the best, if not the best, in the league, comparable to to Vasilevsky. But he's just him, you know. But I think again, when it comes to goaltending tandem. I don't think you're going to do better than Frederick Anderson and Auntie Ronta. There's just just no way. Uh, oh yeah, and 
I like that you say that too because um Georgiev hasn't really been that well as a backup for the Rangers. And Tampa just has a one goalie ride in Vasilevsky. They've tried with backup goalies and they just haven't really worked. And back to the Philly game. Um Oscar Limbaum ties it again. And that was disappointing. Uh but also hearing his name after going through what what he's been through with surgery and cancer, I mean Oh yeah, no, it was really I tip my hat off to him. Yeah, it's always so. good to see a good story and you know, you got that with um Lindbaum. Um obviously he had a great goal too in, in, in Trocheck. Um and another thing, you know, I'm kinda of thinking about this game that I think it's important to notice is there was a healthy scratch that game that may have surprised some people in Seth Jarvis. Yes, that's right. And I think that was healthy for him because if you saw him tonight against Columbus, he was out there skating. He was playing pretty hard. He was physical. He was tough. He had some chances. I mean, I think it's good for some young players sometimes. Just get a break. Kind of get out of the game, kind of watch it from the press box and just think about it. Kind of lights a fire under him. So one of the things I said, just because of the struggles that we've seen from Natchez, is I think he should sit a game. I think he had a good game tonight against Columbus. I think sitting him for a night to kind of let him think about it. He he has a lot of issues with, with turnovers, and that's been the big problem that we've had, taking shots in overtime that just have no chance of going in, costing costing points, leaving points on the table because of it. Obviously, you want to see everyone play well, and I think Natchez is starting to turn that curve. But I think a game in the press box at the time anyway, and I still kind of think it might not be bad for him just to just to have a seat, just to think about it. Watch the game from from the press box. Um, I mean, I'm not saying that Natchez is not a great player. I think he's got one of the highest skilled. He's one of the highest skilled players on the team. Oh, he is. But we're not seeing it now. And for this team to win a cup, like I said before, you need Jordan Stahl to contribute when he can. And often enough where it's not um, negligible. You need Seth Jarvis to start scoring goals, and I think we're going to see that soon. Um, he played well tonight. He was knocking on the door. Um, I he, think he was physical a little. Yeah, bit and too. he was physical, and you haven't really seen that from Jarvis. And I think that's good to see as a young kid getting in there and 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 really fighting. And I think it's good to see um, Nate just get on the score sheet tonight too. Um, you want to see more from him if this team again needs to win. Jarvis needs to score. Nate just needs to score, and Stall needs to be noticeable. And right now, you're getting. The stall, yeah. You're, you're getting, really getting most. You're getting most of it, but you st- still need a little bit more from Natchez and Jarvis. Yes. And I think part of the reason of I think we can afford of sitting out Natchez for a game is because of how good Stepan is playing. Like if if we didn't have a guy like Stepan, I would not sit out Natchez. Yeah, no, you wouldn't really have. You wouldn't. You would not have a choice. But I think you bring Stepan in, you move Kotkaniemi up. I mean, Kotkaniemi has honestly and has played really well this season, and he can handle playing on those top lines, those top minutes. Yeah, he can. And he should. I think it'd be a good chance to give Kotkaniemi a, a chance to play up. Um, you know, if you pick a team where you feel like you're going to win, you give. Natchez, let him take a seat, just let him watch the game. You get your rotation, and you want to keep your, your top players healthy anyway. And, you know, in no way am I saying that Natchez is not a top player. He 100% is. You just really need to see Marty Natchez play. You want to see Marty Natchez play better than what he has been. You want to see him work on the turnovers that he's been having. I thought tonight he played well. And, you know, a lot of times you don't want to sit the player when they're playing bad because it doesn't help with the self-esteem. But if they're playing well and you're like, you know, let's just take a seat, you know, it's just part of the rotation, it gives them something to think about. But it's not a punishment, per se. And I think that's kind of what they did with Seth Jarvis because he had been playing well. Um, and they set him for a game, so you know you he's been he's that. been a little inconsistent. Yeah, and you want to see him. You want to see him score, but he's a rookie. He's he he's a rookie, so you can't really expect a monumental yeah point for sure. streak for sure. Now people are probably waiting for this. We're eventually going to talk about it, but the Brett Pesci goal in overtime. Oh, we're forgetting about one other thing that happened in that game: the Ian Cole fight. Oh, that's right, the Ian Cole. I forgot about I mean, that. If you want to call it a fight, I kind of felt, I mean, you know, Ian Cole. He's not that much of a fighter, though. It's not that I have an issue with him dropping the gloves. I have an issue with how the fight started. The guy, the Flyers player, and I don't remember who he dropped the gloves with, but he, he wrapped his arm around his head 
and then just started pounding away at, at his head and started punching him. And that's not... I, I have an issue with that. I, I feel like Ian Cole felt like he didn't have a choice but, but to go. And I thought he, he held his own. He never really had much of a chance to throw a couple of punches, but he did land in some good haymakers, so <laughs> it's good to see. But um, I was just... I, I was concerning oh I, you know we we just lost d'angelo smith's hurt and then you're seeing <laughs> you're down cole's f- head getting hit that hard it's kind you're of down concerning. to four defensemen and yeah. when cole is gone so philadelphia kind of took advantage of yeah. that i mean props to them for taking advantage but because it, it, it sounded like Ian Cole just didn't have a choice. but Yeah, it, it really wasn't much of a choice, so he went. Um, but, you know, it's good. He's willing to stand up for himself, and that's important. Yes. And uh, now we're getting to that Brett Pesci goal. Sorry, guys, we just forgot about that. Uh, <laughs> the fight, yeah. Fight. But that Pesci goal, man, that was just... I didn't know he had that type of sh- risk shot. Yeah, um, to him, because it was top shelf. It wasn't was also it? A, it was also a pass that was in the air. He knocked it down and sniped it top shelf. Like, oh my word, what a shot by Pesh! I didn't expect that. I knew he had some scoring abilities, but that risk shot—I've never seen that from him before. It was good to see him get on the score sheet too. Um, you want to see your defense contribute, and I think Brady Shea has really been able to turn that offense on, which is good to see. It's kind of why we brought him in to be a good two-way defenseman. Um, it was great. I mean, it was a great shot. He ended the game, no questions asked. I mean, obviously, in my opinion, I think the the third goal for for Philly to tie it up. I was a little. I, I felt like there was goalie interference there. I know. I know Trip didn't. I know some people didn't. I felt like there was. I didn't really feel like Carolina initiated any of the contact. Um, I just, again, I think it was goalie interference. It wasn't counted. We went overtime. We still win the game. Get a point away to a team who doesn't need it. It doesn't really matter. Um, so. So, yeah. Um, and we win the uh, Pittsburgh, the Philadelphia, can't speak today, but the Pennsylvania trip. Yep. With uh, Pittsburgh and Philadelphia winning back to back. And then after that game, uh, a day before Columbus is when we hear D'Angelo is out for a month. Uh, Smith is a little bit more hopeful that we'll get into lineup. And we bring up Jalen Chatfield. I think it was obvious we were going to bring him up yeah, after Chatfield the D'Angelo really well. and Pesh and Smith getting down. Yeah, I mean, um, Chatfield played, played well when he was up fast. You know, that's why he was rewarded with a contract extension. Um, I don't think... I, I do not believe he is the answer for the absence of Tony D'Angelo. No. Not yet. And I don't really want to see him in the playoffs because I think it... Well, that's why it's you not have, really... you know, Brendan Smith. You have that depth. You have that one extra guy. And then, you know, if you got to go deeper, then you have Chatfield, right? Who I think would be okay in the playoffs, you know, in that need. I think he's better than Jake Bean and Hayden Flurry when it comes to the defensive play. You know, I wouldn't freak out if I saw him on the ice in, in overtime. But obviously, yeah, you want to see, see D'Angelo on the ice. And I think this injury might affect the deadline. I think it's a good chance that it will. Um, I believe you said he's out for a month, so yeah. he won't be back until after the deadline. So you, you have to you have to believe that Carolina's priorities have probably been honed in for them. I believe they were they were leaning toward getting that defenseman and so, and due to the s- recent circumstances definitely probably going to be getting a I would be very surprised I mean obviously this team has not known for really making big splashes at the deadline I mean most of the time we've made them before so I think we could see something like that happen again Don Waddell's um, MO is to kind of go for players with term we did that with Trocek that was really the biggest trade deadline move we've ever made is when we acquired Trocek <laughs> so I, I believe I believe we'll see one this year, whether it's before the deadline or right before, right around. Um, I think his target will be Chichurin because of the term on his contract, right? You it's know. more Waddell's type. Yeah, you want people with term. You don't want to have to mess with the with the contract later on, which is why I do think Ethan Bear is an option to move. 
because he's got one year. He's, he's on his final year. Yes, he'll be a you know be a restricted free agent. So there's options. You send him. He's a good young player. He can replace Chichurin and um, Arizona. Um, you send over a prospect or a couple picks. I think Chichurin's a good target. I think Klingberg's a good target. I think there's some really good options for Carolina. But you need to bring in someone who can have, provide you some offense where Chichurin and Klingberg will do that for you. Yes. Chichurin's and- on a bad team. So right now he's not scoring. But what do you expect when you're on a really crappy team like Arizona? Move to a good team like Carolina and his scoring touch will probably return. Yeah, and if they were somehow to go in a different way than to churn, um, I'm think if they go in the way of Kleinberg, you, you'll probably think Waddell, the first thing he would do is sit down and do a con- contract negotiation and then trade for him because he, you can tell they do not like rentals. They don't like rentals, but I think you have to look at it this way. And, and I think it's the right move to do is you need to look at this team and be like, you know what? We could win a cup this year. We have a good team for years to come. We have a good core. Sebastian Ajo, Tevo Tervainen, Brett Pesci, Jacob Slavin, Andrei Svechnikov, Marty Natchez. Most likely we're going to sign him. Um, obviously, there's chances for us to move him, too, if we feel like he doesn't live up to the kind of contract he wants. But regardless, we have a lot of young players. Seth Jarvis, Suzuki. People aren't playing in the league right now Like with Suzuki and with Drury. I think trading an asset or two and some picks to win a cup this year the best year we had, like the, the one of the best teams we're going to have without having to try and squeeze players in with, with the cap, you have to go all in, right? If you don't go all in, you know, Pitts, you know, Tampa Bay did it last year, right? They, they traded for a top defenseman. They needed it. David Savard and from then we Columbus. Pat, who won the playoff series, Tampa Bay. They had the defense. They had the goaltending. They had Kucherov. Yes, they may have been over the cap. That's one thing, you know, it's an issue where you can have that debate all you want. It doesn't matter. They still went out and acquired a player. If Carolina does and they not found acquire, that loophole, yeah. And if Carolina doesn't acquire someone at the deadline, I, I I question the the buy-in that the organization has on the current team. Yes, you want to think, oh, well, the current team's good enough; they don't need someone. You can always make a team better. And if there is an option out there to do so, like if there is a deal that makes sense to bring in Claude Giroux, you bring in Claude Giroux. If you can bring in Shachurin, you bring in Shachurin. If you can bring in Klingberg, you do that. You're a cup contender. All three of those guys I just mentioned make your team better. They don't yeah. hurt it. They make it better. You got to make a move at the deadline. And I think with D'Angelo out, I feel as though there won't be the choice. I think you're going to have to. Yeah. And all this talk with Shachurin and Klingberg, I, I mean... It's really hard to tell what Waddell and company are going to do because Waddell has stated that the trade has to make sense both short-term and long-term. So we just don't know what he's going to do at the trade deadline. Um, Obviously, we do have a couple of young players that we could probably trade for. Um, One of them, which I'll mention right now, uh, Dominic Bach, uh, there was some news with him this week. He got resigned to the his own German team in the and I believe the Dell League, which is the top league in Germany. That didn't sound like a good sign when we uh, reassigned him. He, I tracked his stats. He only had like three goals, I believe. So you know, just you know, just let him keep developing. You know, if someone wants him, you know, send him off. You know, package him up if you feel as though he's not going to really make this roster. Um, but I don't have much to add on it. You know, we'll just see what happens. He could be a piece we use later in a deal. It's it's possible. Yeah, and he was a late first round pick by St. Louis that was packaged in for the Justin Falk trade. I mean, those late first round picks. If they turn out to be bust, I mean, yeah, you're not happy because it's in the first round, but it's not terrible as if you're drafting 13th with Seth Jarvis yeah. or especially second with Svetch. Yeah, you so. expect a lot more there. Um, and I think it's okay. You know, it is what it is. You know, sometimes you win trades, sometimes you lose trades. I don't think we necessarily lost a trade with Justin Falk. We got no. a good player in Joel Edmondson for a while. He was pretty solid. I thought he was our best physical defenseman that yeah. we've had. I mean, you know, and it's all, you know, Justin Falk's done well in St. Louis. I think he played, he's had, his career was better in Carolina. Um, I think when you see some of the, some of the contracts that player people like, like Dougie ended up getting, um, 
you kind of might miss the kind of contract that Falk got. It was pretty team friendly. Uh, would have been good to have that here. Um, solid, you know, defenseman with, with Falk who can score and and not a high cap hit at all. But you know, you win some, you lose some. We obviously won yeah. the Niederreiter ass trade. No good. You know, it is what it is. Dominic Bach doesn't pan out. It's not the end of the world. We have a great give a great pipeline. Just keep yeah. going. If you use some of those, you use that pipeline to make the team better, whether it's through trades or whether it's through development. Exactly. Now, let's get to that Columbus game that we had tonight. Yep, we were both And that we game. were just dominant. I thought that was our most dominant game we had this week. Like I said, all week, and more tonight than probably the other two, it was a total team effort. Everyone played well from the defense, from the goaltending out. Frederick Anderson had to make some good saves. I don't think he was tested a whole heck of a lot tonight, but that goes to the defense. The defense was shut down. They were tough. I think Columbus only had three shots in the entire first period. Yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing. Our defense was outstanding, and so was our was our net mining. And then, obviously, the offense took a little bit to kind of get in gear. But you know, they were getting chances, right? Yeah. And I think we saw like some power play opportunities. But again, I think D'Angelo being out may have hurt that. I think you could have seen Exa- some more goals. Yeah. But I'm not going to discount Barube, who played unbelievable. I mean, he's a minor league goaltender. Came up, played for Columbus today. Columbus always has great goalies, so that's that's <laughs> why I've, I just tell myself they just have great goalies. And they play, and he played <laughs> really, really well. I mean, he did well tonight, and I'm going to give him props, regardless of the fact we scored for Barube played well. Yeah, and uh, we, and what's interesting is I thought, uh, especially through maybe. The first, at least the first half of that game, I thought our bottom six was better than our top six, and it kind of showed with um, Jordan Stahl scoring again, and it was tipped. And what's funny, what led to that attempt, it was on a breakaway, didn't score. Yeah, he had a couple more chances, and he finally get it by just knocking the puck out of the air and into the net. Yeah, you know, that just goes to the stall's drive. And his he, work gonna, ethic. He's gonna play hard. You know, we you know, you're you know, we'll we'll get him on the pod at some point, your dad and who will be uh, oh, we'll have a good we'll have a good segment sometime. Mm. We'll tease it now. We might be getting a little segment called We're gonna Me- coin the Complainiac. We've seen that on Facebook. It's always fun to see. We're gonna get him on after a loss probably and let him kind of rant, but you know, he coined the, the phrase for stall, you know, Stonehand stall, right? Because sometimes he just I texted can't my the I, I, I texted my dad uh, when stall scored by saying Stonehand. Yeah, so. you got uh, <laughs> you know, it's always good, but stall, you know, what you can't complain about stall is his work ethic. He he, he he plays every game. That's why he's the captain, right? He's a leader yes. in the fran- he's a leader in the locker room. He is um he's gonna work hard every night. He does every night. Um he's got those long strides with the skates, which is how he got on that breakaway. If you saw it's not that he's like moving his feet real fast. He has the long strides. The other guy was skating his butt off just to try and catch Stahl, but once Stahl's in the clear, probably not gonna catch him. He's yeah. gonna he's gonna skate and he's gonna get on. He got some chances. He probably took two, three whacks at it. Third one finally went in and good to see Stall on the scoreboard. Always good to see Stall on the scoreboard. Yeah, and I do want to talk about the captaincy a little bit because it seems like almost every team has their leading scorer as their captain. Uh, examples of Etchkin. Uh I b- I believe McKent, no, Landis Goggs might be the captain, but he's still like at a point per pace. Yeah. Stahl's not like that anymore. But I, honestly, I kind of like that a little bit from Brendamore's mindset because he's, because wearing that C, you have to have more leadership than anybody on the ice, no I mean, matter I, your point production. I tend to believe, you know, with Washington, you know, you mentioned Ovechkin. I think Backstrom is more. Uh, qualified to be captain than Ovechkin. Yeah, you, you haven't told from last week. I don't like Alex Ovechkin. <laughs> I think he's a lazy player. He just sits there trying to score goals at this point in his career, right? And it's just reality, right? No, no Canes fan really likes Ovechkin. Um, oven chicken. Yeah, oven chicken. No one really <laughs> likes him at all. He's he's a dirty player. I mean, he's great. He's got the one of the best, obviously, shots in the league. No one, I will not take that from him. He has one of the best shots in the league. He's but, one of the best scorers in yeah, the league. Yeah, absolutely. Um, is he dirty? Sure. I mean, I don't. I, I'm not gonna think. I'm not. You're not gonna convince me that Ovechkin's not a dirty, cheap player. But um, 
I think you need to kind of uh, look at the organization we have now. Stahl's the captain. We have him under contract for next season, and then it's what happens next, right? Yeah. If Stahl signs, I think obviously he stays the captain, but I think the overall game plan for Carolina is Aho's going to take over. Aho or Slavin? I think it's going to be one of those two. I think Slavin has Slavin and Aho, I believe, have the two A's on the yes. team. Yes, and Martinuk. I mean, it's and possible. Nook, yes. You can see Martinuk with, with the C. I mean, he's he's a leader. I mean, the organization, and that would go again. He's not the best player on the team, yeah. but he's a leader in that locker room. Everyone looks up to. Martin. And I respect that from Brenda Moore. I, I do. And it was even shown uh, very early on with this team back with Glenn Wesley. He wasn't a point scorer, but he had leadership. Kevin Adams, he was he wore the A in the Stanley Cup. Yep. He didn't get that much point production. So it just shows, and I do like it, that it's more leadership than the points. Yeah, which is what matters, right? And you're and we're, no, and we're saying, you know, you're going to get leadership from Ajo. You're going to get leadership from Slavin. You're going to get leadership from Martin. Those are your three A's right now. And... One of them will be the captain of this franchise once Stahl is done. Most yes. likely, it's going to be Slavin or Aho. My money would go on Aho. My money would go on Slavin, but he's my favorite player, so hey, I might well, be a little bit biased there. <laughs> we'll have to see what happens. Um, but I think right now it's Stahl, and it's it's going to be Stahl until he's gone. Um, he yeah. deserves it. Um, you know, I think it's great to see that this organization has had success with Eric Stahl as captain. Or not, he wasn't a captain, but he was on the organization, and he led this team to an Eastern Conference Finals. But, you know, you're going to... Stahl, you know, the leadership of the Stahls in general have provided this organization has been really, really memorable. It has. For a lot of Canes fans. Um, Obviously, not a lot of... You know, some of them are a little mad with Stahl at the end, but... You know, I have my opinions on that, and I, I think they're un, some of them were unfair uh, accusations to Eric. But Jordan's been, you know, Jordan's also has been to this part of this organization for a while and has been through the tough times. And he's the captain now, and he's a successful captain. And this team has done really well with, with Jordan Stahl as captain. And yes. since he became captain, I believe uh, once Brendan Moore took over, you know, the he named co- him, he yeah. named him captain. Cause we had that stupid co-captain. With I was Falk about to mention that stall. I don't understand where that came from. That was an idiotic move. <laughs> that, I hated that because there was no solidified answer. Yeah. There's no, on who the, the cap- captain and you get, you get stall, you name stall captain and that's it, right? The team starts to make the playoffs again. You get Brendan Moore head coach, you know, it's called making the right decision. Exactly. And we, we got that from Ron and it shows how great of a coach he is. Yep. But Stahl's a leader. No one knows yes. that's that's just how it is. He's leading this organization. Rod loves him. You'll praise him every game. I don't think I've ever heard Rod Brennamore say a bad thing about Jordan Stahl. Don't think I ever will. Yeah. And uh now our uh the Columbus game, the power play, it was a little rough starting out. But we eventually get one. What was it? I believe it was three seconds in. Yeah, Terravine when just Terravine sniped, just sniped it. My gosh, he has such a deadly shot. Yeah, that's why every Canes fan wants to see Terravine and shoot the puck more. Terravine's got probably the best shot on the team. It's sneaky good. No one thinks about it. Svetch still has the best, but Terravine. I, 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 I think Terravine can give him is, a run for his money. Yes, exactly. Um, it's it's good. It's good to see him shoot, and when he shoots, good things happen. Yeah, exactly. that night. Happened tonight. Got a yep. goal. Solid goal. And then third period opened, and boy, that was a quick early third period. And it seems like early periods have been a theme this week. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I, yeah, like one minute and 14 seconds, that says. Nino Niederreiter scores. And what was funny about that goal? <laughs> Fluky goal. Right off the goalie skating into the net. <laughs> happens, right? Yeah. yeah that happens. was it. That was the dagger. That put Columbus out of it. Yeah, it did. I couldn't see Columbus coming back 3 nothing when they. Then, I mean, I felt bad for their goalie because they did not have any offense at all. Like, I even told Holden at the game, like, Man, this goalie goalie's probably saying, "Can you guys help me out here?" <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the end of the game, we had fifty shots on goal, which is why I said from the beginning, Barube had a very, very good game. You you cannot fault him for the loss. He kept Columbus in that game to the bitter end. So, you know, if you can't score, it's not your goalie's fault. And Columbus could not score, and Barube kept them in it. 
really well. And I'll give, you know, and I'll say that, you know, Columbus played last night and they beat up on the Florida Panthers. They gave it their all last night. They kind of ran out of gas tonight. It's expected. It happens to teams. Yeah. They ran out of gas. They and, played. and it showed that in the they Philly played. game a little bit, too, with Pittsburgh. So it happens. And you're playing the two best teams in the Eastern Conference in Florida and Carolina back-to-back. I mean, you you can, you can don't envy being in that position. No. And Columbus was. And they took out one of the two. Props to them for that. You know, that's solid effort. And they played decent tonight, you know. Probably in the first period, and then they just kind of lost their legs as the game went on, which is expected. They were tired. Yeah, they, they they were really getting tired. And then the last goal that just really, really put this game out of reach for Columbus, Vinny Trochak does it again straight from a turnover, and he just snipes it very quickly into the net. Great game. And, we, and Frederick Anderson eventually gets his third shutout. Again, we already talked a lot about Anderson this episode, but there's not much else to say about Anderson. And I'll be honest, I don't think he had a really tough workload tonight. He made probably four or five really solid saves tonight. But for Anderson at this point, it's it's to be expected. That's just how good he is. Is you expect him to make those saves, and obviously the most memorable one tonight is he made it with the blocker. He was down toward the end of the game to preserve the shutout, and then he puts that blocker in the air, and you see the puck in his hand. He's like, "I got it." Yeah, I don't expect him to win the Vesna Trophy, but he better be one of. To me, I think he's gotten to the point where he has to be one of the finalists. He needs, in my opinion, he should be one of the finalists. My argument is still is I think he should be a Vesna. He should be the Vesna winner solely because. I the mean, bounce back best, that he had. Bounce back, best goalie probably in the Eastern Conference. He's going to probably end the season with the most wins in the Eastern Conference for goaltenders. I think not giving it to him or him being at least number two in the voting, I think it just shows the, my opinion at that point would be just the negative opinion people have of small market hockey teams. I mean, if he doesn't get considered, it's 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 a it would be highway robbery. Just like if Rod Brindamore didn't win the Jack Adams Award. That would have been highway robbery, right? So you expect that from you. You, sh- you Anderson should be a finalist. I, I think all Canes fans need to rephrase that as Jacked Adams Award <laughs> yeah. for Brendan Moore. So yeah, Rod the Bud always, always. <laughs> <laughs> Again, he when they do the the stuff at the beginning of the season for fitness, he always ends up testing higher than about half of the team, which is just unbelievable. Yeah, but, and those of you who. Ha- aren't really aware of Brenda Moore's physique. Search up him and on Google. Yeah, just Google during the bubble. Moore in the bubble. You'll you'll see what we're talking about. That is all we're gonna say about <laughs> yes. that. Just you wanna know about Rob Brenda Moore, he stays in shape. He's not like some of the other coaches in the league. He's out there skating with the players too, so he interacts. Yes. That's why they that's why they love him. They respect Rod. Exactly. Now after this week of games, what would you say are your Three stars. I, mean, I think you got to give number one to Frederick Anderson solely just because of the night, and he played well in Philadelphia. Um, you got Freddie as number one for me. I just—it's hard not to give Freddie number one. I think um, I think Nina Ryder has been solid. I think he's number two, and then I'm going to put Jordan Stahl as number three. I mean, and it's it's negligible the difference between those top three. Honestly, I wish I could give out three first stars. They've all been really good, and. Um, that's kind of the direction I'm going. I mean, Freddie's been great. Stahl's been great. Nino's been great. You know, I give top three and it's yeah. negligible. The difference between the three, I give honorable mentions to two out of those three. Uh, to me, number one, I would say ever since he got back from, I can't remember if it was COVID or injury at this point during the day, cause this is late, but, Tavo Teravine, and he, I have to put him at number one because he's on a seven-game point streak, playing amazing. And I'm just going to give him number one. To me, number two, I think this was another four because I was thinking this in the car ride back home. Uh, I'm giving it to Trochak, who also played very good. He got two points in the Philly game. I don't know. I can't remember he got a point in Pittsburgh, but he scored tonight. I'm giving him number two. And to me, number three is Jordan Stahl. 
Yeah, I think that's reasonable. I mean, I'm not going to argue with any of those either. I mean, Terrabone, it's been great. The only reason I didn't put him in, you know, again, it's hard to rank. The, the team played well this week. Yeah. And it's good to see a bounce back performance of playing really well after playing a little bit rough. It's good to see that. Um, and that's just proved, you know, you can go from playing around. This team was not going to play bad for a long, long stretch, right? They're a great hockey team. They're a Stanley Cup contender, period. They're yes. probably, they're at the very least, I would be shocked if they didn't make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Shocked. That, that is where the bar, that is where it is now. They should get there. They sh- and then they and I believe they will be the Stanley Cup champions at the end of the season. I think the toughest team that they're going to have to play. They got to get past Florida, which I think they can. All the games have been close this year, and then they're going to play Colorado. I mean, I don't think there's any other team in the West who's going to be able to beat out Colorado. Obviously, it's hockey in the Stanley Cup. You know, anything can happen. But I do believe Colorado. They're losing is right be- now. I believe. I heard that they came back and they were up six. Oh, really? Oh, dang. Yeah, Colorado came back, but that's just, you know, it just shows, you know, how good they are. Yeah. Yeah, the Avs won the game six to three after oh, being six down to three. three nothing. Yeah. So that's most likely going to be the Western Conference champion. And I think Carolina will be the Eastern Conference champion. It'll be Carolina or Florida, but I believe Carolina will win that series. Definitely. Now, I have a question for you, still involving hockey. Rangers and Pittsburgh play against each other tomorrow, and it's on ABC. You gonna potentially watch it, or are you just busy um, tomorrow? Well, we'll see if I've got anything going on. I mean, that's a game where that's it's an like, interesting game. You know, who do you want to win that game? Um, I'm going for Pittsburgh because of the games in hand that we have on them. But yeah, I mean, I think that's fine. I mean, we're we have 76 points in the standings. The Rangers have 71. Pittsburgh has 70. Uh, we've it's played, still tight. Yeah, Carolina and New York have played 51 games in, in Pittsburgh 53. So, yeah, I mean, Pittsburgh winning is probably optimal for Carolina. But, I mean, right now, if you just want to look at the league, we'll, we'll go over the standings real quick. You know, at least the several top, top teams in the league right now, number one, Colorado expected. They're probably going to win the President's Trophy. Um, they probably should win the President's Trophy. <laughs> then you have Carolina at number two. We have 76 points. Florida at number three with 75 points. Uh, We have a game in hand on Florida. Tampa Bay with 72. New York, 71. Toronto, 70. Pittsburgh, 70. St. Louis, 68. Calgary, 66. Minnesota, 65. That's the top 10 teams in the league right now. Um, And if you want to know the difference between Eastern Conference... Second wild card spot, Boston has 64. The next closest team is actually the Columbus Blue Jackets with 55. If you're being honest, the Eastern Conference playoffs are set with the teams who are going to make it. It's just a matter of what position that they make it in. The Pacific Division's in a dogfight, though, and that's going to be interesting. If you look at the Pacific Division, Edmonton has 59 points. They hold the number two wild card spot. I still think they're in the top three. Dallas, 59. Anaheim, 59. Vancouver, 56. Winnipeg, 53, and San Jose, 52. All those teams, hypothetically, have a shot to make the playoffs. It's super, super close. But it'll be interesting to see what happens out west. Um, I think the east is pretty much locked in. It's just a matter of the seeding at this point of those teams who are locked in. Obviously, personally, I would like to see Boston fall out. I don't think that's going to happen. But it would be fun to see, right? I'd see nice to see a Boston team not have a chance to win a cup. But honestly, if if I am being honest... I want to see Carolina play Boston in the first round. I think we'll win. We've played very well against them now. Carolina, are, in the years past, we have not been able to compete with them and skate with them. Um, they've been better this year, this season. Carolina is the clearly better team. In the Metro, definitely. And especially after seeing how Pittsburgh played. I mean, now, this, what we saw with Pittsburgh, it couldn't, I mean... It's up to you Pittsburgh people out there who are Pittsburgh fans listening to this somehow. Uh, I mean, they could have had a lot of better games than them person against us. But to me, they looked really slow. I mean, Pittsburgh's an older team, but they have one more they have one more shot at it. And I think they feel like that's this year. Um, you got Crosby and Malkin getting older. Their, yeah. their window's closing. And honestly, same with Washington, right? Mc- They're Backstrom, both in the same boat. Yeah, Backstrom, Ovechkin, their windows are closing. Um, which is honestly probably why you don't see Ovechkin skate around as much and why he sits there. He's getting older. Um, 
and he just wants to break the goal record mark and we'll see if that happens or yep. not um i i just think it's important i don't think see. he does but mash we'll see what happens we'll see. right um i think it's close uh i i don't think i think carolina is the best in the metropolitan division yeah the are. only team we have we've lost to has been washington but i think that game was poorly officiated and the calls at the end of the game, I mean, you saw Rod get heated in that game anyway because of the calls at the end of the game, right? We lost that game because Washington got two power plays back-to-back. And also, at that time, Washington was actually playing pretty good. Yeah. They've fallen off. They've fallen off. The team's older again, so the longer the season goes, just, just like when we beat them in the playoffs, right? We were a young team. They were an older team. The longer the, se- the, longer the series goes, the better chance the younger team has because they've got the legs and the stamina where Washington needed to finish it off early, they were not able to, and they lost the series. The longer the season goes, Washington's going to keep falling. They're going to they're gonna play well. They're probably going to make the playoffs. I mean, like I said, the Eastern Conference is solidified for the most part. Washington yeah. will... will the, the Caps will make the playoffs. Oh, they, both them and Boston. I can't see any It's just a matter of whether you know there. Boston's number one wild card or Washington's yeah. number one. It'll be those teams. I think the East... I think Metro's top three are solidified again. It's just a matter of the pecking order. I think the Atlantic is pretty close to being solidified. Maybe Boston can inch up in and knock a team down. I don't know if that'll happen. I doubt it, doubt it will. But we'll have to wait and see. I think it's good to good to see um good to see Carolina just honestly we're not talking anymore about you know when will they make the playoffs next but you know how far will they go in the playoffs this is a that's the biggest team. thing is the playoffs and i've been right a though. fan for years i had you know you had to you you did too suffered through those horrible years as did our listeners those really tough years and you know we were loyal we still came to games we still enjoyed going and watching our team we supported our team year in year out through Paul Maurice's really poor years at the end through Kirk Muller who came through who Bill Peters who came through and then we got Rod. You know, we've had errors. You've had our general managers, and you know, Ron Ronnie Francis took over and really helped build the depth in the organization through the draft. And we needed had, him um, at the time. Yes, Don, and Ron Francis, and I'll tell this for all the Kraken fans out there: Ron Francis will not make the big deal. He will not make the big trade. He did not do that in Carolina unless he's changed. He will not make that big deal unless he's shipping a player out to bring in a prospect or a draft pick, right? That That's his big deal. It's to sell. It is not to buy. It is not to bring in. You will see Ron Francis will draft for your organization better than any other general manager out there. And I do think that's kind of where Seattle's leaning towards. I mean, you have uh, an, the other expansion, nearly team in Vegas, yeah. who are going all in. They do. Seattle seems to be a little bit more patient, I believe, possibly just the way how miserable the season's going but you know what they are an expansion team and you could question s- some of the moves ron francis made but i also think part of it too is just how smart the other teams were based on what happened with vegas yeah so i think that's reasonable i think what you're gonna have though it's the big reality um ron francis will not be your general manager when you are start to make the playoffs. Ron Francis will, will probably be moved out by then. Uh, again, he, 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 he doesn't have the, he doesn't make the big deals. He doesn't make the big signings. And I think there's, there's just going to, unless he's changed, which he wasn't he able could to have. get it over the hump. And, and that's why he kind of ended up, you know, getting pushed out for Don Waddell in Carolina is Carolina had a chance once, uh, once Tom Dundon bought the team to make the playoffs, and they were right on that cusp, and Ron thankfully Francis, we didn't make that because then we got drafted Andre Svechnikov. Uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's so no complaints. I'm not that complaining that, but there's just that example, right? Is Ron Francis chose not to go out and get anybody in, which angered a lot of fans at the time. But um, you just gotta uh, uh, look at it, right? Yeah, it's good and, to see, and, and, and uh, I do believe Joe managers can change. Yes. Um, we saw that with Don Waddell. Yes. Uh, he was general manager of the failing Atlanta Thrashers. He was part of the reason why they moved. And the main thing with him uh, was the recklessness of big trades. Ilya Kovalchuk was, I think, the hallmark of that. Yeah. They did not get enough back, but he's changed. Yeah. So I do believe Francis can change. But we haven't seen it yet. Yes, Ron. Ron, we'll see what happens, right? Don Waddell's been a great general manager for us. Eric Tolsky, 
assistant GM has been unbelievable. That's why he was in consideration for the the Hawks GM. It doesn't sound like he's going to go there. Obviously, Canes fans will be happy about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, we want him to do well. And if he were to be a general manager, we want to see him do well eventually. Um, but you you hope to have good um good people in your organization. Right now, Carolina has just got all stars, not just on the ice, but you know all over the place, and it's awesome to see. It's great to be a Canes fan right now, and um. Just keep steamrolling right on through, right to the playoffs and to the cup. Yeah, well, I don't know about you, but I'm tired. It's late at night. So, all right, say, let's cash this to a bow. Sounds good. Uh, we'll, if you guys have any questions, feel free to tag us on Twitter. Ask them. We'll talk about them on next week's podcast. Um, what are your three stars of the week? Yeah, list them. We'll talk about them. We, uh, we want to interact with you. Absolutely. So. Uh, we'll go ahead and preview this too. We're thinking maybe trade deadline about a month away. I have that day off, so I do too. We're thinking maybe we'll try and do a, a live, a live feed of it. We'll see what happens. That way, it's not a delayed, a delayed podcast. But uh, it, it might not be a podcast that we maybe YouTube live, Facebook live, something like that. We'll figure it out. But we'll we'll we come will. to you live. Um, uh, trade deadline day. We'll have a we'll have fun. Um, we'll talk about the team, uh, and just really enjoy kind of what happens and hopefully we'll see some exciting things and we won't just talk about Carolina, any big news that breaks that day, yeah. we'll talk about it. Um, we'll be glued to our phones. We'll be glued to the, to the, to the NHL network and it'll be fun. Looking forward to it. Um, I'm Sam Driscoll. I am Sam Wallace. Thank and- you for listening. All right. All right.